The following audio drama is rated R for rockin'. You can be sure that everything you wanted to see when you're a teenager is here. Just tantalizingly out of reach if you're under 17 or 18 years old. This is Derry, your gender fluidious GM on Dice or Roll, a Pathfinder 2nd edition actual play podcast that puts marginalized people at the forefront of the stories and gives people without a spotlight a chance to really shine. Also, there's clowns! This is Carnivals and Clowns, episode 1 of Extinction Curse, our new circus-themed campaign where a traveling troupe of performers are trust into the role of adventurers when tragedy strikes. It's fun, it's fresh, and it's a little bit goofy, but most importantly, it's somewhere where we and our listeners can really be ourselves without having to worry about blending in with the rest of the world. We hope you enjoy, and keep it rolling! on the planet where he asks the hard questions like should a minotaur be fed innocence as tribute or is grain fed okay too are we all ready everyone to start our new campaign i think i'd rather die okay <laughs> okay <laughs> i set up this whole, i set up this game for you and i put you know a lot what? of in the trash it. i'm not ready for it i don't want to do it fuck today uh, say not I, a good day i put so much effort in you spin my eyes Spin uh, fucking both your eyes. Hey everyone, and welcome to season two of Dice Will Roll, our second campaign, Extinction Curse. I hope everyone is as excited as I am for an adventure with circuses, uh, clowns, more circuses. That's I, it. I don't know. We haven't started yet. Um, <laughs> I think that you're actually the only person that would know, Terry. Oh, I know everything that happens. <laughs> I'm the game like master, after all. Oh, God. Um, so, hi, let's introduce ourselves. Uh, hi, everyone. I am your gender fluidiest GM, Derry. I am an animation student. I am a comic illustrator. I am a storyteller. And I am going to be hosting this game of Pathfinder for you all. This campaign is Extinction Curse, and we will be playing using Pathfinder 2nd Edition the next evolution of the D20 system. It's like D&D, but like extra. Every level you get to make uh, character decisions, whether you are a fighter learning how to jump 50 feet in the air or a wizard learning how to do spells even better than you. You know, you know how wizards work. Um, <laughs> I'd like to introduce us all to our players now very briefly before we get stuck in. Uh, let's go around the table to my emotional support boyfriend, Dave. Um, it's true. I, I am the emotional support boyfriend because I'm perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Dave. I'm a boy and I like, um, art, um, and writing. Um, um, last season I played Alden Felstad. Mm -hmm. He was a half-orc fighter, um, and he likes swords. Um, and he was perfect. Okay, okay. What's up? How are you? Hi, I'm good. Um, I these guys call me KK, but I also go by Luna. I am the 
bisexual, the other bisexual MB of the group. <laughs> um, I like to play video games. I like drawing. My current obsession right now is Final Fantasy XIV. And last campaign, I played Kaskatanovan, who was a um, half-elven druid. Mm-hmm. Very reserved, very calm, very proud. I want y'all to hold on to that thought. <laughs> just j- just remember my words you for start- a couple minutes. That's all I ask. This will be funny in a few minutes. Just remember for now, she played a nice, calm girl last time. Yeah. Um, and lastly, and as always, absolutely leastly, Ritzy. Wow. Hi, my name's Ritz. I'm a shit enthusiast. Um, uh, I'm an art student. Uh, last campaign, I played Iker, uh, who is the the king type, I guess. Uh, hot, sexy, nice ass. Uh, <laughs> and those are the character uh, traits that you chose for your character when you were making his character sheet. I was like, exactly. what class are you playing? He's like, oh, he's got a great ass. Uh-huh. Um, I... I am the uh, bi and be of the group, also the ace of the group. Uh, that first title shared with KK because we're smart and uh, we're epic and cool. Uh, Fuck and, yeah. Uh, uh, and that's me. Um, all right. With that intro out of the way, though, everyone, uh, I think now it is high time for us to stop talking about the real world and everything which resides in it. And would we like just to get started on this brand new campaign that I've made all No, I want to talk about taxes. Okay, well, we're going to start the brand new campaign, I'm afraid. Fuck you. Are we all ready? Yes. Uh-huh. <clears throat> In a world similar to our own, nations break up a beautiful azure ocean. There are frozen tundras, vibrant jungles, dry deserts and luscious plains. Aeons ago, the world was ruled by the nation of Aslant. This nation had some of the greatest magical and technological advancements of the planet even to date. Beautiful buildings that could touch the sky, floating cities, and magic so powerful that they could, in theory, create new worlds with it. However, their rule was not the last. For their pride, a meteor came crashing into Galarian, directed by the gods in an event known only today as Earthfall, a meteor which destroyed Aslant and ruined all human civilization. The world entered an age of darkness where the remaining human civilizations fought and struggled to survive. This age of darkness only ended when a single man, a survivor of Earthfall, and by now a mighty adventurer in his own right, sought out the fragments of this meteor. His name was Aradin, and he touched this fragment of the meteor buried deep beneath the ocean, and it transferred into him divinity. He rose to become a god, the god of humanity. And his first act, rising the rocks around where the meteor had struck, creating the Isle of Kortos, building its capital, Absalom. In the Age of Enlightenment, Aradin set humanity back on track. Absalom grew to be one of the most powerful cities in the world, and Kortos its handbasket. On this island, he built the Starstone Cathedral, and within, he kept the original fragment of the meteor. Anyone who could reach the fragment 
The Star Stone, after overcoming the many mythic tasks that he had placed inside the cathedral, would join Aradin in divinity. After this, he spent time traveling the world, setting things right. He bested the evil Lich King, the Whispering Tyrant. He learned arcane secrets long lost to man. And as millennia passed, he grew curious about what was he missing. What else was out there in the universe? He left for some time, promising to return to an, on an exact date to return to his chosen people with the secrets he'd learned. Aradin left Galarian, and in his absence the world continued to thrive. The people of Cheliax, a large and benevolent nation, await his return patiently. The Whispering Tyrant returned, but was defeated by armies of his worshippers. Gods rose with the power of the Starstone. Caden Kalen, the god of adventure and alcohol, a man who drunkly stumbled into the Starstone's trials on a dare and emerged as a god. Norgorber, the god of secrets and thieves, a cruel man so shrouded in mystery that even the gods know little about him. And finally, the goddess of justice and valor, a worshipper of Arden herself, Iomade. The day approached where Arden was set to return and the world held its breath. The hour came. The minute. And then, something they did not anticipate happened. Every cleric of Aradin in the world lost their powers, almost simultaneously. Something suddenly became grimly clear. Somewhere, somehow, Aradin had died. The world plunged into chaos. An eternal swarm opened in the pirate port of Lirgani, one which rages to this day. A crack between worlds opened to the north causing an eternal demonic invasion which raised the lands. Sheliax fell into civil war, only to be reunited by a fascist dictatorship of devil worshippers known as the Trice Damned House of Troon, which sold their country's soul to Osmodius. After all this, one thing became clear. Every major prophecy involving Aradin until this point was rendered void as was the very concept of prophecy itself. Nobody could tell what the future held anymore. In fact, one could say that from the moment a century ago when Aradin died, the world was told that they must find their own path. Welcome everyone to Extinction Curse, book one. The show must go on. How's that? How's that? Huh? Huh? It's, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty all right. <laughs> yeah. Are I we ready? To... A, I, I give it a five out of ten. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready to start playing? Yes. I think so. The sound of circus music swells in the air, and a bright, colorful tent stands blotting out the sky. It has been... A century since the death of Aradon. The world has moved on. Despite anxieties that people have had and new threats which have risen, the world is coping. People move on with their day-to-day -day lives. Bread is still baked. Vacations are still had. And of course, the show always goes on. 
we see the small town of Aberton on the Isle of Arryn, a little north to the Isle of Portos, the chosen land of Arden himself, raised eons ago from the depths of the sea by the former god of humanity. And visiting the town of Aberton, this, uh, visiting the town of Aberton, we see the circus, which has finally come to town. People all around this ta- the town are overjoyed. It's been a long time since they've had something to look forward to like this. In fact, it looks like almost the whole town is out and forced to celebrate today. The sun is just about to set after dinner, and the big show is about to happen. And as people celebrate, a voice booms through the crowd. Roll up! Roll up, everyone! Come one, come all, and see the greatest show on all of Galarion! Crowds cheer as a man in a tall stovepipe top hat makes his way through the crowd. With a moustache decorating his kind and wise face and a voice like the thunder which he is named after, Myron Thunder Stendhalt, the ringmaster of the Circus of Wayward Wonders, makes his way through the circus camp, awakening his performers and getting them ready to put on a show. He knocks on one door and he says, Wandering Tree, are you all ready in there? Give me another minute. We don't have another minute, Royari. The show is almost ready. Just one more. Maybe five more minutes? If we don't have one minute, we certainly don't have five minutes, Ariato. Uh... Where is Volio anyway? Uh... Um, the door kind of bursts open and Volio is hanging upside down. The sight which faces uh, the ringmaster is certainly an unsettling one. <laughs> Ritz, would you like to describe your character to everyone? I would love to. Um, this is Volio Via. Um, he is a... He's something, alright. Uh, just by looking at him, he wouldn't exactly be able to tell right away what he is. Uh, an amalgamation of a half Asimar and a half elf. Um, he's definitely got the more fucked up uh, traits of both of those heritages. Um, mm-hmm. He is tall. He's very tall. Um, when you see him stand up, you can tell that, oh, wow, he is seven feet tall. That's a giant. Um, he is dressed up as a clown because, believe it or not, he's a clown. Um, what? Ritz, you're playing a clown? Who could have tongue kissed? Who'd have fuck it? Who'd have thought I would have fucking played a clown? Um, <laughs> he's got those little, uh, that little ruffle around his neck. And there seems to be something around his, uh, around his shoulders. Uh, it's very mm-hmm. fuzzy looking. You could almost mistake it for a boa if it didn't have a face on it. Mm-hmm. The fuzzy creature around Volio's neck, uh, kind of wriggles a little bit. And it looks up at Myron with two big sleepy eyes, and it's a—it's difficult to describe this creature. It's also got a ruffle around its neck, which Volio has uh, given it, and it's got a clown horn on its tail, which 
might be part of its body. You can't tell if it's biological uh, or not, and that's kind of terrifying. You can't, and that's upsetting. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing essentially looks like a very long Furby. <laughs> um, and as Myron stares up at you, Volio, one of your eyes, uh, a completely red, no iris, no pupil, just a red sclera, and the other one, a yellow goat pupil, he kind of blinks at you slowly and says, Volio, you know I don't like it when you do that, my friend. <laughs> well, I suppose you should get used to it. I suppose so. Are the other two almost ready in there? Why don't you ask them? Uh, Myron kind of uh, steps up and uh, makes his way inside the caravan and uh, checks out the other two people in here. Um, all right, fellas, listen. The big show tonight. We need to put on a real good impression. You three are some of our star performers, and I know that you can do well for us, all right? Of course. I do nothing except my best. Mm -hmm. There is a slight ruffling under the sheets on the floor, and there's and then there's just like a mound that pops up like Okay, let's try. Ariato, you didn't sleep until just now. I'm begging you to tell me you didn't sleep until 5 p.m. I tried. You gotta give me... You have to give me some credit for trying, right? Like, come on. You did your best. Thank you, Volio. You did very good. Hey, okay, can you tell me about your character? So I remember when I said I was playing like a reserved, really nice, really really calm character before. Yeah, that's out the window now. Hi, this is Ariato. <laughs> okay, well tell me about Ariato. Um, she is a, uh, she is a very short, I think she's the shortest one here at like 5'2", five 5'3", five somewhere around there. I don't oh, really Jesus. remember. She's so little. She's five something. Um, she is a dreamy changeling human. Okay, uh, so what does that mean? Uh, well, that means that her mom is a hag. <laughs> Oopsie, happens to the best of us. <laughs> and her father was a human, and she was abandoned by both of them. Well, the, the dad, we don't really know about the dad. We don't really know what happened to the dad. That's going to be a later thing, maybe. Um, We're not at that part yet. The mom, though. <laughs> That's also another thing. <laughs> uh, as a dreamy, it means that your mom was a night hag. Um, a pretty awful creature to be related to. Um, but hey, mothers, am I right? But um, so tell me more about uh, Ariato's appearance. What's she like? What's she like? What's her whole dealio? Well, she has... Um, Pretty like tan brown skin. She mm. kind of looks like she would be a a dancer, I guess, but she really mm. isn't. She just doesn't wear armor. She doesn't really like armor too much. Mm -hmm. She thinks it's really clunky. Uh, she has very curly. Uh, she has very curly auburn hair mm -hmm. with a silver streak that goes from her bangs down to her shoulder which is mm -hmm. one of the key traits of being a changeling. The second one mm -hmm. being she has one crimson eye and then one silver eye. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, she can't really hide the fact that she's a changeling, but, you know? <laughs> Myron kind of, like, uh, sighs at you, Ariato, and says, Ariato, as much as I would love to give you credit for sleeping in until 5 p.m., I can't, but I can give you credit for putting on a good show tonight, all right? Okay. Royari, at least you're ready, right? Please tell me you're right. Uh, and they turn and they've still got curlers in half of their hair. <laughs> Royari. What? Help me, God. What? I'm, I, I need to look, I need to look good. Dave, tell me about your character. Um, I'm playing Royari's son, Sir Okay. Um, they're gender fluid and use all pronouns. Um, cycle through them, please, when referring <laughs> to them. Um, they're a human. Um, okay. And he's the hottest person you'll ever meet. <laughs> um, he is tan. Um, and if I had to place a real life nationality on him, it would be Filipino. Um,. Mm. Same as Ariato, that's worth pointing out. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He's got um, fluffy hair, and um, I'm going to say a sentence, and I mean this in a non-derogatory way. She dresses a little bit like a slut. <laughs> <laughs> and we um, love them for it. <laughs> um, and... Rayari uh, wears like um, a button-up shirt, unbuttoned mostly. <laughs> God, mm-hmm. that's hot. Um, <laughs> tucked, in, uh, tucked into their shorts. Uh, they wear a cape, which technically isn't a cape. It's actually like a long red coat. But they just were like, fuck it, and um, <laughs> decided not to wear it and just have it like sort of held up like a cape. Oh my um, God. They wear fishnets and high heels. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This one's for the sapphics oh. out there. Long earrings. Long <laughs> earrings, folks. Um, and a big holy symbol around their uh, around their neck. Mm-hmm. Um, getting that Catholic look out there. Um, <laughs> so that's what they all look like. Um, class-wise, though, what are you all playing? Dave, we'll go with you. We're going to go reverse order this time. Dave, what are you playing? Um, I'm playing Swashbuckler. <gasps> swashbuckler? What the fuck is that? Um, <laughs> it's the hottest class you'll ever see. Um, a Swashbuckler is kind of like, um... I mean, I personally would describe it as, like, imagine if a fighter wanted to be hot all the time. Um, <laughs> and they made it part of their personality. Um, um, so, Swashbucklers are a brand new class released in the Advanced Player's Guide, which came out on the day that this episode was released. Um, the Swashbuckler is essentially a martial fighter who cares just as much about whether they look good doing something as actually doing it. There's no point in doing something if you can't do it with oodles of style. Can't fight um, crime if you ain't cute. Exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> um, so swashbucklers care about doing daring tricks and 
really, really dangerous stunts in order to look badass as hell and get huge, like, kind of go into a euphoria state because of it using panache, <laughs> which is, ah, oh, I'm so stylish. That's true. Um, KK, tell me what you're playing. What's Ariado's class? A demonic bloodline sorcerer. Oh. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. She got demon blood. Fuck it, she why not? demon blood? Yeah. As if having changeling stuff wasn't bad enough. No, her mom kind of fucked up. In <laughs> <laughs> oh which, um, but in her mom's standards, she kind of went for her goal exactly. Yeah. Her mom did fine. It was it's you're the you're the one who got the uh, negative consequences of all that. Ariana's the one that kind of got punished for it. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, but not leastly, Ritz. What the fuck? Uh. Well. <laughs> um. To match the mistake of God that I've made. Uh, oh my he, God. Volio is a barbarian witch. A barbarian and a witch. What uh -huh. the fuck? How is that possible? Ah, uh, because it is. Go fuck yourself. Stop also, asking me questions. The fuck is a witch? Uh, well, a witch is a magic caster. Um, and a barbarian is not. So it's a weird, uh, conglomeration of two classes that should never be together, but they are, and it's kind of fucking cool. Mm-hmm. So the way this works is, uh, Volio is a barbarian. Um... Whichever knows about barbarians, you get angry, you smash stuff. Yep. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Volio is also a witch, another new uh, Pathfinder Second Edition class, similar in to the Warlock from 5e, in that yeah, it's got like a patron from another world who grants it powers, but from there, it's much more like, what are the lessons I'm going to learn from uh, this weird creature, which isn't a god that has chosen me? <laughs> You get kind of like old supernatural style magic from ye old days of German, you know, fairy tales and shit. Mm -hmm. um, you are using a multi-class to get the witch stuff. You aren't a full witch. So you aren't as strong as regular casters, but you still do have your very good boy familiar, the amazing odd body. Yes. Um, who grants you your magic and also acts as a liaison between you and the thing that grants you your supernatural abilities. But we're not going to worry about that. Um. I think the thing that's, that's granting thing. that's granting um, Volio his supernatural abilities is odd body. There, there is yeah. no there is no middleman. That's my theory. My theory odd is that is it's God. actually odd body. Odd body is God. <laughs> um, so Thunder kind of sits down uh, beside you all and says, look, fellas, I get that you're all nervous. It's been a rough few years for us all. I was at that circus with you, the last one that we were all part of. Madame Dusklight's uh, Celestial Menagerie. <sighs> Damn that catwoman. Um, I gotta <laughs> kick something. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, Ariato. I, your distaste is greater than any of ours, but... She's a cunt. Yeah, thank you, Ari... <laughs> Royari, I thought you were taking, making sure she didn't swear. I'm 19! She has I, the freedom of speech. I never Thank you. said I never said that I wouldn't let her swear. I would never say something so stupid. 
Let us say fuck. We have, we fuck. have a name. Never mind. Thank you all so much. <laughs> there goes our family-friendly rating. Anyway. As long as we're not cursing on stage. I'm not going to say it in front of children. I appreciate that, Ariato. I will. <laughs> we are out of Madame Dusklights. Things are different here. Things are safe here. And if we want this new circus to be anything uh, able to stand up to Madame Dusklights and challenge her whole monopoly thing, we need to show that not all circuses are going to abuse their animals and their employees and their patrons and... <sighs> okay. So I need you all to promise me that you'll do everything that you can to make sure this show is a success, all right? What happens, happens. We'll can I get an all right? We'll do our best. Yes. Excellent. Now, if you'll all get up, Royari, take those out of your hair. You look beautiful as is. Ariato, just the fuzzy hair looks good on you. Just get up. Don't worry about it. Volio, you terrify me. Are we all ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was already taking them out of my hair when you came in and interrupted me, but okay. I All I need is a brush and my bow, and I'm good. All right, well, Sleep let's go, Sleep with fun eye open. The show is in one hour. <laughs> we need to get in there. We need to prepare everything. And he kind of stands up and says, are we all ready to go? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, as uh, you all step out, you get to see the rest of the circus. Um, you see uh, kind of by the river, a set of four dwarves all doing calisthenics. Um, each of them has like a different colored beard, but they all wear the same clothes. Tight fitting white shirts, leather overalls, um, and an aviator's cap. Um, and as they see you, they all kind of like salute one by one, and then they get into formation as the dwarven throwers, uh, a set of four brothers, um, make a dwarven trebuchet and launch themselves across the river one by one and start making their way into the circus. Oh, yeah. Yes. Ariadna salutes um, them back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see uh, a family, um, uh, two parents, uh, a mom and a dad, and uh, their three kids, the Featherfall Five, all very dark-skinned and wearing pure white clothes as they start making their way over the bridge outside the circus camp. Uh... I think the youngest boy sees you, uh, Volio, and he waves like a big wave at you uh, before he's kind of dragged on by his parents. <laughs> uh, Volio waves with his disgustingly long fingers. Oh my god. God. <laughs> um, you see a pair of sisters uh, with juggling gear making their way off, and you know those to be the Flamboni sisters, a pair of fire jugglers who are... As different as different can be while still being spitting images of each other. And oh as Myron takes a deep breath of air, he is assaulted. Okay. Okay. Um, and a figure is kind of pulling up to him. He is about your age, maybe a little bit younger. Um, uh, he's also got a top hat. He's also got a cloak and he's got the stupidest little twinkie mustache in the world. He's immediately dragging on uh, Myron's uh, sleeve and his uh, Ringmaster Stenhal, uh, Mr. Thunder, sir, um, uh, Axel and his amazing Avery reporting for duty. Oh my. Uh, Axel! Show me, show me the birds. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, fly! And he, like, throws a pigeon out of his sleeve and it kind of falls onto the floor and poos. Oh. He's like, oh, jeez, gee whiz. Oh. And, uh, Very good, Axel. Thank you. I, I, I think I'm really improving. And Myron's like, No. Ariana <laughs> oh squats and plays with the pigeon. <laughs> the pigeon plays back. Um, Myron kind of inhales and he's like, Axel, buddy, hi. <laughs> oh, here it comes. So, uh, uh Mr. Mr. Thunder, sir, um, you know, I, I was thinking, um, I, I would be okay even just being part of, like, uh, uh, uh like, the build-up. I don't need a big role. I, I, just something to get me off the ground, you know? He's like, uh-huh. Uh, well, you know, um, oh, I'll have to check, uh, Oh, is it in my other pocket? I had the, uh, the list of people. I was like, uh, do, do you remember if you wrote me down? You know who has that list? The professor. Um, Wandering Tree, will you go get the professor and find out if he knows the order? I've got to go into the, like, I've got to get into the big top now and start preparing. Um, and will you tell Axel, you know, if you find out anything? Yes, of course. Of course. Okay. Ariato picks up the pigeon and goes to Axel like, here you go. Uh, will I, do you want me to come with you? Uh, or will I wait here, or...? Someone has to take care of your pigeons, right? Yeah, I, I mean, they're okay, they like my sleeves. Look, and he kind of opens his sleeve and you see three more pigeons. He's like, look! Pretty neat <laughs> trick, <laughs> right? I, I could be in the build-up or something. I'm gonna <laughs> yarts in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I think this Ari is great. <laughs> Ariana's like, I well, yeah, but you also dropped this pigeon. She she holds it up. Yeah, but he's tired. He wouldn't be one. They're one supposed to fly, you know. Yeah. I'll Actually, just put him on your shoulder. She puts. <laughs> she like goes on her toes and puts he's on his lazy, shoulder. He's lazy. Okay, you have to be nice to. Uh, Roy, and he looks around, and Myron is long gone. Uh, he's. Oh you God. see Myron like going into the circus. And like peeking his head back out at you all as he pushes through the crowd and giving you guys a big thumbs up. Yeah, he rolls their eyes. So Axel's like, uh, uh well, I, do I just wait here? Everyone else, just is wait. I'm sure wait. your name is on the list, but wait here until we come back. Yes. Okay. Sure. And he kind of sits there. Come along, you two. Make sure to feed I'm the pigeons. Coming. Um, so as you're moving, you start pushing your way through the crowd. There are a lot of people here, and you can see this happiness in their eyes. They're so grateful to have a circus here. Um, as you're walking, um, you are, someone cuts across you. Um, a very muscular and very shirtless man with a bow tie. Hello! Hello! Hi! Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> and he is carrying on his shoulder a little throne. And sitting uh -oh. on that throne is one of your dear fellow oh. performers. Oh, here we go. Mordain! Mordain the magician. Uh, she is a half-elf. Um... She's got long, blonde, almost white hair, 
and she wears like a very, very beautiful white sundress. Um, she is stunningly beautiful. She's perfect lips, perfect cheekbones, perfect everything. Except, as she starts speaking, it becomes immediately very clear. Perfect attitude. As she leans and says, Mais bonjour, mes amis. How are we all doing today? Wonderful. Oh god, she's French, of course she is. We're <laughs> <laughs> uh, doing good, doing good. I am beyond happy to hear that, Ariato. And Volio, uh-huh. are you doing well as well? Wonderbug, I am very good. Mmm, Royari? Still dressed like a common street tramp, I see. Better than you, but alright. Mmm, I'm sure. <laughs> she blows you a kiss. Are you all ready for the big show? Uh-huh. Of course yes. I am. I'll see you in the finale after I get uh, <clears throat> the big number, of course. I hope uh-huh. you don't die. <laughs> At least my challenges have some sort of risk to them. Mm-hmm. I'll see you later, boys. Um, all right, Hod, will you take me? And you hear, like, the need, yeah, man, and... The hulking figure carries her away on her trunk towards the circus. Um, Immediate, immediately, once she's out of earshot, Ariado is just like, come into the ring with me and we'll see what kind of danger I'm going to fucking do. <laughs> she is so nice. I don't dress like a common slut, do I? You, no, dress, you dress like an unusual beautifully. slut. Oh, perfect. That's exactly what I was going for. Ariari, <laughs> you're beautiful. Thank she, you. on the other hand, can go in the trash. <laughs> um, this is why oh. you're my favorite. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so would you guys uh, like to go find Professor? He yeah. should be taking care of the sideshow. Mm-hmm. Um, as you kind of like make your way to uh, closer to the circus itself, uh, you do see the sideshow, um, and there are a lot of people gathered there. Because this is, of course, the professor's pet project. And uh, as mm-hmm. you approach, you see an old man. Um, he's kind of like got uh, long silver hair um, and a very kind face, but his throat is so obviously burned. Um, and as he speaks, he does speak with kind of a rasp, you know? Um, and he's speaking to the crowd now as he introduces them to his pet project. Welcome, one and all, to the sideshow of Everyday Marvels. We have a real treat for you all. The most unusual of the usual folk you'll find all around the world. Feast your eyes upon. And he kind of like waves and says, Gideron Elbus, the bearded man. (laughs) And there is indeed a dude with a beard. Uh, oh my god. I like A six-foot-tall, bro- broad-shouldered man with long brown hair, a full beard, and a thick mustache, which thoroughly obscures his features. And a small child in the crowd is like, Oi, but that's just a man with a beard. Anyone can ca- have a beard. And he's like, Oh, that's right. Anyone can have a beard. But my friend here, Gideron, he's actually... The perfect double of a significant political figure uh, who must conceal his identity and live on the run. 
Assassins want to kill him and rival agents want to kidnap him for his own nefarious purposes. He's had many narrow escapes, but the only way he's able to hide his identity is by growing out his hair as much as he can to hide his face. Wait, but who's he supposed to be? Oh, I don't know. Might be Tarbophon. Might be Princess Anastasia. I hear one of the most common things is maybe the missing gear of House Gix. But either way, who knows who he is? Gideron, what are you? And you hear Gideron being like, Well, perhaps I am Princess Anastasia. Or perhaps I am the Whispering Tyrant. Or maybe indeed I am the missing gear of House Gix. But you'll never know, because I'm hiding my identity. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. <laughs> the professor kind of hobbles to the side and he's like, And now... Feast your eyes, everyone. On Tahala Roadwatcher, the tattooed woman. Oh, she's oh, wow. Oh, hello. Uh-oh. Um, and indeed, there is a woman with tattoos. She's also about six foot tall, except she is much more muscular than any of you and could clearly crush you all with a single flex. She I is, thank her. She is bald and she is covered in head to toe with tattoos. Um, Fuck yeah. And uh, you hear that kid again being like, but, but anyone can have tattoos. Why is she in the sideshow? Well, my friend, Tahala here, she's a middle-aged Shawanti woman who left her qua or clan in Verizia years ago, acting upon omens she received. Like many Shawanti, she's able to, she's got all these big tattoos. Normally she wears a simple cloak with a hood, revealing each tattoo uh, which each tells a story. Tahal, will you give us a quick insight into one of your stories? And she's like, Indeed. This tattoo, and she holds up her hand, and there is indeed a tattoo which sprawls around um, her forearm. This tattoo tells the story of the Road of Silver Road in Caliphus in Ustalav. Around this road are many ghosts, and when I walked down it, I saw some of them myself. And the kid's like, so she's a woman with tattoos that can tell stories. Oh, that's right. What about those two? He points at uh, two identical <laughs> folk. And they both kind of like in conjunction wave at each other. They're Tian, so fantasy Asian. Uh, they're both very Fuck pretty yeah. in their mid-thirties. And he says, ah, Hesper and Midas Jaxus. They're the unjoined twins. <laughs> you mean conjoined? Oh no no my friends The unjoined twins They have They are separated At birth quite literally See They never knew each other existed Until very recently When they met at the circus They Somehow despite never meeting They had An incredible parallel of life One married a miller named Smith the other married a smith named Miller. Each was cursed by a different witch on her wedding day. One sister for not inviting the witch to the wedding, the other for disturbing the witch with too many invitations. Both had four children. One had an eldest child drowned, and the other had a child who died of thirst in the desert. Both of these deceased children were called Tavi. The list of strange coincidences goes on and on. And you hear one of them cough under her breath and being like, and it grows every single time. 
And it's like, but what? All right, what about the dog? The dog? And there is indeed a little, there is a puppy. He is a oh, beagle and he's wearing god. people clothes. Oh my god. I'm like, going to cry. People. This is Cubby. <laughs> Cubby the dog faced dog. <laughs> he's got the face of a dog, doesn't he? And then the kid's like, Who, Who's he belong to? And then uh, you hear, I don't belong to anyone. I'm a free living spirit. Says the dog. I love him. I love him. The kid fucking jumps and he's like, Oh yes, Cubby the dog faced dog. He was just a puppy when he was subject of an awakened animal ritual that gave him human intelligence and the ability to speak. He doesn't belong to anyone, but he and I have been friends for years. Uh, Cordy, let me tell you now. Cubby has traveled the world, survived uncounted amazing adventures, and dined with heroes, villains, religious leaders, and monarchs. And uh, Cubby, Cubby nods sagely and says, I had dinner with the Whispering Tyrant once. He says, that you did, and it was very dangerous too. He almost put a, had a real nasty run in with you. Ah yes, but it's all thanks to my amazing companions that I was able to get out of there. Teamwork makes the dream work. Um, and the kid at the end is like, all the, like, all the rest of the audience is like, wow, wow. And the kid's like, a professor. These people are all so normal, but so outlandish. What makes them any more special than the rest of us? And the professor smiles and says, well, son, that's the thing. They aren't any more special than the rest of you. Anyone can be a member of the sideshow of everyday marvels. Because it's not them that's special. And he puts a hand on the- he puts a, like a finger to the kid's chest. It's you. And that's what this is to celebrate. And the crowd's like, yeah! Um, and he kind of laughs as they start moving. And then you see him very quickly giving the kid like some money and the kid's like, thumbs up and scampers off the other direction. <laughs> I oh knew he was a God. part of it. I love it here. Uh, the professor turns to you all now and says, Oh, hello. What? Oh, hello. my goodness. Is it already time? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. Ooh, first show, huh? Are you all ready? Mm-hmm. Of course I am. Yeah, Is there anything you needed excited. from me? Um, um, then we were sent to ask if you had the list of openers. Uh, and we already know the answer to this question, but is Axel on there? And you see the professor kind of smile and says, Want to hear a secret? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Actually, heard, uh, I heard uh, Myron talking to Elysia last night. The answer is yes, he is. R really? Are you serious? Oh, he can finally be part of the show. <laughs> I tell you, I... Don't know what he is going to be, but we certainly. don't know either. <laughs> Neither does he. It'll be fine. Don't worry. He's been practicing as much as the rest of us. Now, speaking of Elysia, is she already inside? Perhaps. Uh, and you hear a voice kind of over your shoulder, being like, "Is who already inside?" And uh, as you turn, you see a fucking snake. Uh, 
the snake is on someone's shoulders, of course. Um, a young woman with another top hat with a big red flower on it, uh, a colorful corset, uh, a nice red coat, and a... She's just got a real nice and whimsical dress going on. Stripy socks, big shoes, and uh, she kind of, like, um, has a huge boa constrictor around her neck. It's mm-hmm. Mr. Tickles. Mr. Tickles! Uh, and she's like, show that stat? Mm-hmm. This is a big one, isn't it? Mr. Tickles, are you ready? And Mr. Tickles goes, Yeah. It's going to be... I love him. Be nice to finally move on, right? Mm -hmm. No more of that celestial menagerie stuff. Exactly. Everyone who was part of that here is finally going to be able to make their own life here. I'm really excited. Shall we go in? Of course. Yes. Do we All right. get Axel? Uh, we hmm? should actually, we have some, we should inform Axel. <laughs> we don't, I don't think it's, I, if he's going to be part of the show, I don't think we should leave him out here with his pigeons. You mean Axel? She points at Axel, like, who's already, like, running into the circus. Oh. Yes. Oh, I guess he didn't wait. Oh, shit. Fair enough. That's Axel. Well. All right. Um, then I think we're ready to go in. All right. Well, shall we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And inside you all go. You all enter into the circus. And you're in the backstage right now. You kind of slip away. Um, Myron's office is off in, like, uh, the corner. Uh, like, office. He's, it's it's his room, which is, like, shrouded off by other curtains. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you can see all the other performers are here. Um... The professor is here just to kind of, like, give people reassurance. But everyone else is kind of, like, clearly ready. Um, you see uh, the Featherfall Five, or the Kenobly family, as they're called. Uh, you see one of them um, kind of, like, looking out the curtain. And it's um, one of the Kenobly uh, uh, girls. Odvi Kenobly, you think? Uh, she's no longer older than 12 years old. And she kind of, like, looks out the curtain, and she's like, I think that's Mayor Apper. Mayor? And, um, she kind of, like, looks back, and she starts chatting excitedly to her mom. Mom, I think the mayor's here! And she's like, that's wonderful news, darling. And we'll have to put on our best show then, won't we? Um, and, like, as you're all kind of sitting, you can hear, like, Mordain being like, and then I think I'm going to go with the unlocking trick on Dorowata. Um That always gets a thrill out of everyone and it makes me look good as well. It's like, right you are, ma'am. Uh, you hear the Flamboni sisters like talking as well. Um, the older one, Advi, uh, being like, oh my God, I, I think I, I, you know, when I get nervous, my tummy gets upset. I hope I don't like, I don't have food poisoning, right? Like, uh, her older sister, uh, Vida, is like, you don't have food poisoning. If you had food poisoning, we'd all have it. <laughs> okay, so maybe it's just like, I don't know, gastroenteritis? Is like, no, it's not that. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Everyone is very excited, evidently. Mm. Um... 
Excited enough to have gastroenteritis. Yeah, apparently so. You guys have a few moments to talk to each other before the show begins. Are you two excited? Yes, very. Yeah. How big's the crowd? Mm. Uh, sizable. You, you look outside, yeah, it's like the whole fucking town. Nothing could possibly <laughs> go wrong. Don't say it like that. Nothing should probably go oh, wrong. Yeah, How is that? I think that I think that you are wonderful, Volio. That's what I think. Thank you. Both sound ominous. I'll say that much. <laughs> Thank you very much. And he he pats Ariado's head. Ariado's just baby. And as you're all preparing, that's when you do hear something. Uh. You hear a scream. What? And at first you think it must be a woman who's screaming for her life. But when you see Axel stumbling out of Myron's office, you realize who screamed. And he uh -oh. is clearly in a bit of a state of panic. And he's like, uh, 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 uh oh, God. Axel, what, what happened? Um, Rayari, uh, like, rushes over Axel? and he's like, just tell I me. Show me. I think he's dead. Okay. Uh, what? What? Oh, hold on. Um, um, and, and that Rari. gets everyone's attention very quickly. Mary is like rushing into the office to check. Ding dong, dang dong. Lying on the floor in front of you, Royari, as you rush in, is the body of Myron Thunder Stent. He's dead. No, oh, he can't die. He was hot. <laughs> Dice will roll will return after these messages. Hey everyone, and thanks for listening to another episode of Dice Will Roll. It's me, Derry, your gender fluidious GM. Thank you all so much for tuning into Extinction Curse. We're really happy to have you all on board for our new adventure on the Isle of Kortos. Um, I've been waiting for this for so long, and I'm so glad for you guys to finally be able to take part in it with us. If this is your first time listening to Dice Roll and you're loving it so far, thank you so much! You should definitely check out our Discord, where uh, basically the whole Dice Roll fandom hangs out, links in the show notes, our Patreon, where you can get things like a name in the credits, peeks at character sheets, the blooper reel which we'll be releasing at the end of every book, behind the rolls, our monthly behind-the-scenes podcast where all of us hang out and just answer questions and then hyperfixate on something we love. And of course, bringing your character onto our show as an NPC. You can find more about that on our Patreon as well, which is also linked in the description. Join our Reddit, check out our Twitter, like us on Facebook if you have a Facebook. Just search any social media for Dice Roll and come interact with us. We're going to be having less of these mid-rolls now uh, in future to help you guys stay in the moment as it counts. Like I said, all our Patreon thank yous have been moved to the end of the episodes in a special credit sequence. So once again, thank you all so much for joining us for this extra this fantastic season. Huge thank you to Will Savino of D20 Music for the music for this season. Make sure to review us wherever you listen to help boost us in the algorithms and get this season off to a great start. And also just share with friends, share with family, share with your dog, share with whoever will listen to you. We'll have a new episode on Monday and we will continue releasing weekly on Mondays as normal.
And as always, everyone, keep it rolling. Do you want to make a podcast, but you're just not sure where to start? Do what we did and try out Anchor.fm. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. For one thing, it's free. There's also tons of uh, creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even some places I've never even heard of. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So yeah, you want to make a show? Go for it. Download the free Anchor app today or go to Anchor FM to get started. We now return to Dice Will Roll. Rayari sort of stands there for a second, um, just kind of like in, in like shock. Um, and uh, he turns to, um, to Volio and Ariado and is like, um, What's wrong? <laughs> He's dead? Um, Something wrong over here? The professor kind of makes his way over, and now uh, everyone's making their way over. P- professor. Ariado, I think, like, runs into the room. Ah, Volio puts his hand over her eyes. Um, you see, like, uh, one of the kids look, tr- like, trying to look around as well. No, oh, no, uh, no. Only for their parents to pull them back. The dwarven throwers each, like, one by one, like, put their hands to their mouths. Um, Mordain looks over, and she's like, Oh my god. Goodness. Axel is still in like a state of distress. He's like, uh, I, I came in to check if I was going to be in the show and it was already like this. Uh, like, ah. it, it, it's, Axel, it's, calm down. Axel. Okay. Um, Alicia and... pushes past all of you and she okay. like immediately like puts her head, like her head to his chest, desperately trying to see if he's okay, which he clearly isn't. Like it, his skin is pale, his... He's dead. He must have died only, like, recently, but he's dead. Huh. That's not good for business. Leo! What? Did he... He drinks something weird. Uh, is, is there something? Is does he have any food anywhere? Is there like signs of a, a, a struggle or is, is something around his neck? I I don't know. Uh, Elizia looks up. I don't know what happened. He he was fine just minutes ago. We saw him going in. Are there any like wounds on his body? Are you gonna tell? It's all happening very fast. Um, I think um, the professor comes around the corner and is like. He takes off his cloak and puts over Myron, and he says, <clears throat> As the performers stare at the corpse, whispering to each other and anxiously peering around the curtain, the professor looks up and he says, Well, what are you all standing around for? Have you seen that crowd? We haven't ever ma- had a tent t- packed this full. There's a show to put on, and we have to make a f- we have to find a way to do it. Finish your makeup, get in the costumes, and send in the clowns, alright? And this? Alright. Deal with it after the show. Okay. Um. Listen. And he kind of turns to you and says, He came round to. He always went round to people telling us 
make sure that no matter what, the show is a success. Did he make you make that promise too? Yes. Yeah. Keep that promise. Yes. For the sake of the circus, we'll do him proud, and then we'll find out what happened, all right? Yeah. All right. Aye. Volio, you send in the clowns, will you? Aye, aye. Um, with a quick gesture, Volio, you kind of, like, wave your hand, and a few of the uh, backup clowns you have uh, kind of honk, and they tumble in, and you hear applause coming from the other side. And... Mordain kind of says, well, that will keep them busy for a moment, but what are we going to do? He didn't share anything with us about who would be going when. We don't have a ringleader right now. Mm. No, we don't. We must have, have notes somewhere. Right? Uh, Elysia says, I, I, I mean, I guess, but... We don't have time. We're going to have to wing it. Then wing it, we must. Well, that's that, that is show business. We're the circus. We improvise, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Who 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 doesn't perform? Who can we have be the ringmaster this time? Um. Someone level-headed. Axel's like, I'm not level-headed at all. I'm actually know, extremely Axel. panicked right now. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Axel, breathe. Just, it's just, get out of there. It's just, it's just, Axel, she gestures him out of the room and then uh, for him to breathe and just, okay, now stay here and go to your happy place. And then she goes back into the room. Lots of birds, so many birds. He'll be okay. He'll be okay. Um... I mean, someone who has more, a, a bunch of experience and knows what on a show. The professor blinks and goes, Right, okay. Ugh. I'm gonna get to cast ghost sound in some time, but I'll boost my voice as much as needed. Thank you. All right, here's the deal. We need to fi fill out an opening act with one person performing in front of the crowd to get everyone ready up. Then we need to build up two acts performing at the same time in two of the rings. And it's the big number, the highlight of the show. That was one person by themselves in front of the entire crowd. Then we have the grand finale, three acts. So we have seven acts we have to have in total. Yes. How do we order this? Okay. I, I don't know. He mm. must have made a list, but I don't know where it is. Um, well, someone must warm up the crowd, if I must. Are you offering to do the uh, warm-up? Yes. All right, you'll be the opening number, then. Does anyone have any objections? And everyone's kind of just sitting there in silence. Okay, opening performance, that's going to be you, Volio. Mm-hmm. The build-up. Who's going to do the build-up? Um... That's two acts, you need right? two acts. One, like, right? Oh. Uh. I'm a fortune teller. I don't know what to do. <laughs> she, she just whispers that to Royari, like, I, I, I'm a fortune teller. Um, I don't know. Yeah, uh. <sighs> um. Royari's like, I, I could, I could be one of the acts, but I don't know who else would 
Is that with me? Um, Perhaps somebody who also does something testifying. Great. Um, Mordain? She kind of like thinks it. Ah, fine. I'll be in the build-up, I suppose. Thank you for your sacrifice. <laughs> All right. Who's going to have the big number? Uh, we could give it to the Dwarven Trowers. We could give it to the Fedafall Five, the Flamboni Sisters, Avery, or Ariato. If Little Ariato does not want to go, I believe a family act would be good. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. If I may say so, Ariato, you do you do work best on your own for your act. I, I know. It's not too it's... much pressure. I think you'd be very good for that. You are very talented. Uh, I can try. Sure, you'll do you well, will do great. You're an excellent. You're an excellent master of your craft. And that just leaves the grand finale. Uh, we have three acts we need to put there. We have the Flamboni sisters, the Dwarven Trowers, Axel, and the Featherfall Five. So, <laughs> I suppose someone's going to need to be sidelined. Who's that going to be? Well, I think uh, Axel is in a world of his own currently. Uh, no, uh, no, I can, I can perform. I can perform. Axel, ax- breathe. Axel, breathe. I, I, this, this is my big chance. I've never had a chance to be in a circus. If you can before. calm down, I, I will say you can wanted. perform. Axel, Axel, breathe. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm calm. I, I really want to perform. All right. Okay. Is that okay? Can I perform, please? Yes. She looks at the... <laughs> Ariana looks at the other three per, uh, performing groups like, does anyone want to take a break? Um, I think uh, one of the Flambonis uh, puts up her hands and says, actually, I t- I'm pretty sure I've got, like, stomach parasites or something, so I'd be okay seeing this. You don't have stomach parasites. But my tummy feels weird. I don't mind saying this one out. Okay. All right, then Axel will be replacing you. Intact, of course. Okay. One of uh, the dwarven trowers kind of like makes his way up to the professor and tugs on his uh, sh- on his uh, sleeve, and the dwarven like the professor leans in and you hear from uh, the dwarven trower, and he says, "Oh." uh... That's very sad, but um, the Dwarven Shores are quite upset by this turn of events and will need to sit this out as well. Ah. Uh, Elysia, Axel, and the Featherfall Five will take the grand finale. Is that good by everyone? Mm-hmm. Yes. Quite fine. Okay. All right. I think the clans are almost done, but now we can begin the show, all right? Yes. Remember, everyone, we promised... We promised uh, Myron that we would do this for him and we'd make it work. Mm-hmm. He may be dead now, but as always, everyone, the show must go on. Let's get out there and put on the performance of a lifetime, shall we? Woo! And with that, he takes uh, Myron's top hat, puts it on, and he makes his way outside. Can I say something and to everyone? Axel real quick? Yeah? Uh... He walks up behind Axel and he goes, Don't fuck it up. Oh. 
Axel, breathe, breathe. Axel, breathe, breathe. Happy place, breathe, happy place. We're gonna have a circus performance. Yay! Oh boy. I've waited for this day my entire life. Oh my god. So, the way this works, as the professor mentioned, the act is perform. sorry. The show is broken up into four acts. We start off with the opener. Uh, then we move on to a build-up, the big number, and the grand finale. Uh, the basic way that this show works is that we have to uh, we have built up anticipation over the week already from advertising, telling people to come, and building hype about the circuits. Now people want to see that hype fulfilled. And what you have to do is build enough excitement through skill checks using tricks, a kind of special activity which you will do in front of the crowd to get, you know, get them all satisfied. The goal is to get more excitement than you have anticipation. If you do that, you succeed at the show and you you did it, you did great. Um, so we'll get into more stuff. Each trick has its own traits, which we'll do. Each act has its own significance and there's more stuff like that. Fighting, the best way to describe it is just to get right into it. All right. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Circus of Wayward Wonders. And the crowd goes fucking nuts. I hope you're ready for a show, a show the likes of which you have never seen before. To introduce you to our opening act, I would like you all to put your hands together for Bimbo Bottom Text The Clown and The Amazing Odd Body. Holy shit. Oh my god. Ritz had to fight really? so hard to get that name. Alright, Bimbo Bottom Text The Clown and The Amazing Odd Body, the stage is yours. Enter the middle ring and let's begin your performance. Hell fucking yes. Uh, well, uh, Bimbo uh, cartwheels his way to the center of the stage. Um, his the way I can describe the way he moves um, is that he's kind of it looks like he's made of rubber. The way he can like bend his body, mm. um, which is perfect for a clown because it's hilarious. And very entertaining to see. He's very bouncy in his movements. Um, and once he reaches center stage, he kind of like holds his arm out, or both arms out, and like kind of a. You know how the way that people like um, extend their arms like upwards before they like bow? Mm hmm. Uh, well, instead of that, he takes out a big clown hammer. Okay. Uh, a real zilly who looking dude. Uh, and with his big uh, clown hammer, he takes a look at, Vol or at um, Oddbody, who is on his shoulder. They exchange a look. There's a there's a comedic uh, effect to it, and Oddbody very quickly slithers off and starts running. Not running, slithering but slithering around on the floor. Yeah. Okay. So Volio, in Pathfinder Second Edition, combat is not broken down into move action, standard action, quick action. You have three actions, and on those three actions, you can do just about anything. Um. Some things take up more than one action, like casting a spell takes two actions, so you can't just blast three fireballs in one go. But, um... This performance is also going to use three actions for your little round. Uh, Odd Buddy is slithering around the floor like a fuzzy snake with a beak. What do you do? 
I start chasing him with my big circus hammer. Okay. Uh, so what is the action you are doing right now? You can perform a trick, um, or you can use several other circus actions, like building hype, preparing yourself, taking a risk, or if you fuck up, sending in the clowns. <laughs> uh, I think I want to build hype. Okay. So, uh, as you build hype, um, this will raise the total anticipation that you need to complete the circus, but it means that the uh, end result will be a lot... Like, if you succeed on finishing the circus, you will get a lot more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how are you building this hype, Volio? Uh, I think as he's chasing Oddbody, he's slamming the hammer down on the ground and missing mm-hmm. on purpose. Uh, and whenever he does slam it on the ground, he's, like, jumping up to, like, uh, emphasize how, like, big the hammer is. The crowd is loving this, I will point out. They all really want to see you bonk this little boy. Um, (laughs) this is a slapstick performance, so if you fuck up, it's okay. Uh, you spent two actions, um, sorry. With slapstick, basically, uh, you always have a chance of really hurting yourself but you'll never lose excitement if you mess up. Mm-hmm. So you've built hype, um, which has taken two actions because you spent a, like a long pause not actually doing what you're setting out to do, before finally, on your third action, Volio, do you want to perform your trick? Yes. Your trick is slapstick, and it uses performance. So roll me a performance check. I rolled a 17 plus my performance, which is 6. 6 plus 17 is... 24? Am I that right? Uh... 23. Okay. Volio, how do you finish this performance, then? Um... Can I hit myself is the question. Absolutely. So Volio throws up the hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, or Oddbody climbs onto Volio as he's chasing him, and Volio uh, tries to solve this problem by throwing his hammer up in the air. And just before it's about to hit uh, Oddbody, Oddbody scutters off and it hits Volio in the head. Uh, there's a colossal boonk as it hits you square in the face, Volio. You're okay because it's not a real hammer. Um, but it's it certainly looks like it as you crumple to the floor. And just to top it off. Oddbody starts literally flying in circles around your head. Who the fuck is he? I. What? What? The, what? <laughs> Slithering through the air like a sea serpent like light in the water. Uh, uh, some cuckoo noises play for you, Volio, <laughs> as you are dragged away and the audience goes fucking nuts! Um. That's so fun, I love so that. So Volio, on your performance, uh, not only have you successfully built excitement, you've also successfully built hype. So Volio, uh, you gain one excitement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for building hype as well, you gain one uh, anticipation. Ooh. So you now have 16 anticipation and one excitement. You need 16 total anticipation for this show to be a success. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, Volio, you are carted off, and everything is great. Um, and uh, you hear, like, uh, you know, the professor getting re- like cheering for you and, like, you know, 
singing your praise and reassuring everyone that is a-okay. And there's a quick mid-time show between acts as the clowns go back and start uh, getting everyone ready. And that's uh, mm -hmm. behind uh, you here now, uh, Elysia being like, All right, Royari, Mordain, are you two ready? Mm-hmm. Mm, no. I... Okay. <laughs> I've actually changed my mind. What? Yeah, I'd like the big number now. Uh, no. That's not how that... What? Excuse me? I am the most talented performer in all of the circus. Everyone knows this. Why should I have to do something like the build-up? Give me the big number, and it'll be much better for everyone. Hi, sweetheart. My act uh, requires me to be alone. Yes, and my act is so much better if I'm alone with all the eyes on me. Simple, yes? It's just... That's just because you need attention to survive. I think Oh, that that's you... rich coming from you, Sansalnax. Yes, but I don't pretend that I don't need it. Oh. Um... <laughs> um... Ouch. Um... Rayari is like... You can't just do this in the middle of the show. I am. Well, you can't. Well, then I suppose you'll just have to find someone to replace me. And you can't because I'm one of the best performers of the Circus of Eowold Mundos. Thank you very much. Um, so she's being a diva. You guys can either make a deception check to lie to her about the value of this act, a diplomacy check, or an intimidation check to be like, come on. Uh, Todd is just kind of standing there with, like, the most tired expression. Um, Rayari is going to try lying. Okay. Um, Rayari just kind of sighs and is like, you know, I would think you would want to do this. And why would I want that? Don't you want to outperform me? Or are you afraid that I'll be more popular than you? Isn't this the perfect time? Roll me a diplomacy or deception check. Either or. Both of those kind of fit. Okay. Roll? Roll? Um, oh. Using... Um, hi, my name's Dave, and I'm using my hero point now. <laughs> okay. So, excellent time to introduce this. <laughs> hero points are essentially a uh, meta currency, which I will award out for players doing nice stuff. And, like, you know, doing something really cool, really awesome, really interesting. Um, we have an expanded use of hero points in this campaign. You can trade multiple hero points for various extremely powerful effects, like gaining two actions, fast healing, regaining focus points, refilling reactions, or even gaining temporary hit points in a pinch. Or you could go with the classics and uh, re-roll something you fucked up on. And that's what I'm gonna do. Okay, so Royari, roll me a second diplomacy check because you rolled a three plus six, which is a nine. I will do that for you. Um, okay, that's much better. Oh, that's hey. a lot better, actually. <laughs> hey, do you want to tell them what you got? Um, <laughs> I rolled a nat 20. I think she blinks at you and she says, Oh, is that so? <laughs> you uh -huh. think I'm doing this because I am afraid of you, Sansanats? Huh? Oh, I think you're so scared of me. You know that isn't the case. And I, you know what? I will outperform you. 
Hud, check me out. <laughs> right, ma'am. And uh, the professor kind of looks behind the stage like... <laughs> Riari um, starts heading out, looks back at Ariato, and has the most smug grin on, on her face that you have ever seen. <laughs> Ariato gives gives her two thumbs up and he's grinning from ear to ear because if if they didn't do, if they weren't able to succeed she would have intimidated the shit out of her um, so uh you'd both uh, enter the main floor um Mordain taking the one to the right and you taking the one to the left uh, and you hear the mm-hmm. professor being like oh ladies, ladies gentlemen, gentlemen and everyone in between I'd like to introduce to you the two most, most gorgeous performers you've ever seen. On the left side, we have Royari Sansanat, esteemed swordsman, acrobat, and of course, a former extraordinaire. Meanwhile, on the right-hand side, we have Mordain the Magician. Performed with skill, not magic, see Mordain escape from shackles, locks, and a water-filled tank. Um... Pod is already preparing hers, and Royari, uh, you see him picking up a few clay balls to throw to you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we'll start with uh, Royari. Um, so, Royari, your trick, uh, do you want to describe it as he starts picking up these clay balls? Um, well, he's going to throw the... <clears throat> he's going to throw, like, the clay balls at Royari, and Royari is going to um, attack them. And uh, with uh, with their rapier, um, like all in a row. Okay. So it will be very sexy. Okay. So he picks up a ball and he throws one at you. Royari, slash it out of the air. This is just an attack roll, right? Mm -hmm. With my rapier. Uh, Because we had a successful opener, the DCs have been reduced. So, um, Royari, what did you roll? I rolled a. Okay, uh, that's actually going to be a miss. That's okay. Uh, you can use a reaction to send in the clowns. Once per act, a performance can call in the clowns to distract people from that. Um, when you send in the clowns, a failed trick becomes a success instead. Yeah. <laughs> the silly clowns. So I'll only be able to do two of them. You'll Yes, you'll only be able to do one more, but it'll be at a minus four instead of a minus five because you have an agile performance which means that instead of when you do multiple tricks in a row, you don't suffer the same kind of penalty. Okay. Um, that's okay with me. So, Royari, you missed a clay. What do you do? Ah, clowns! Honk, honk! They cartwheel in and start, like, boogieing around, and people don't even see you miss it. They just think you're going to do one ball, Royari. Don't fuck up. Royari sweats. Um, uh, that should be a 20. Oh yeah, Royari! Quank! You slash that through the air, and you cut that ball into three quick slices. And the audience does see it this time, and they're like, <gasps> and they start clapping, and like, they really fucking love it. Royari, um, laughs, uh, like, <laughs> and they bow. Um, um they now ch- uh, take a look at Mordain. Mordain is in a dangerous looking tank. She is being dunked into a tank full of water, where her hands lock behind her back. How is she going to be able to get out of this? What the fuck? Uh, and you see her uh, kind of breathing in, like taking a deep breath of water, and you can see her actually holding her breath with water in her mouth. And she... 
Yep, uh, that is a 16 plus 8. That is a 24, which is straight up a crit. Well, that's fair. Uh, Mordain opens up an eye under the water, Royari, and winks at you. I think you've given her the push she needs to really go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has built up some of that excitement that you would have lost from missing the thing. So you're balancing each other out. Um, mm-hmm. On a critical success, you uh, she has generated uh, excitement equal to this uh, trick level. So that's a tree. You now have tree excitement total. Um, and she also, because it's a crit, makes one extra anticipation. Ooh, very sexy. Actually, sorry, she's a level two performer, so she actually generated two excitement. Damn, look at this She's going to try again. This time, uh, she's not going to be rolling fortitude. She is going to attempt to pick Lux on her team. That is going to be a nine plus two. That's an 11. Uh Uh-oh. You see her floundering Uh for a second. And her eyes kind of like widen a little bit. She's gonna like one last attempt. So she just rolled a 19, a 19 minus three, which it was risky for her Tivri check, but that is a, uh, that was a 16, 16, which is a pass. She generates an additional two excitement, which brings us up to six excitement. Yay! Yay! Yay. she manages to escape from the water tank and the crowd goes wild for both of you. As you are getting ready to get go backstage, um, we see uh, Ariato, you're peeking out. Would you like to make a perception check? Yes, I like these checks. I, I know you do, KK. I know. <laughs> uh, 22. This is happening as they're performing. Um, Ariato, you look outside and you can hear some people being like, all right, uh, do I hear five silver? Five silver that the blonde will drown. Do I hear 10 silver for the blonde drowning? Do I hear 11 silver for the, uh, for, uh, the swashbuckler cutting their finger open? And you can see that, uh, in the back of one of the things, there's a few people who are loudly betting on whether or not the Royari or, uh, Mordain are going to hurt themselves badly. They're still mid-performance. Um, Ariadne, do you want to do anything about that? Oh. Uh-oh. Oh, hang on. Uh-oh. Oh, hang on. Uh, I'm afraid for these people's lives. <laughs> I think Ariadne's gonna cast a spell. Kill, kill, you kill! You can't kill people! I think she's gonna go. She's gonna. She, I think she's just gonna gesture to Vol, just uh, talk to Volio and say, "I'll be right back." There are people betting on whether Borgari's gonna die, so I'll be right back. Don't break too many bones. I'm only gonna make them a little unlucky. Okay. Uh, so Borgari is by now tr- cutting that second ball of clay as you make your way out, uh, Ariato, towards these fine gents in the back. Okay, let me just get this spell really fast. Imagine these guys would be like, okay, look, look, the blonde can't open up her tank. She's going to drown. <laughs> it's funny. And then they turn and see this fucking short stack walking up to them, like confidently striding. And suddenly like the air around her starts to go black and icky 
and she's like, oh, what's up? Oh, wait. In that hmm? case, fear. Ooh, you're straight up gonna cast fear on them? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, you cast on... There's three of them. Are you gonna cast it on one? Or what's the plan? Uh, I'm gonna cast it on the leader. Okay. Whoever's leading this. All right. She look, look. Okay, she's getting out, but it's not too late for her to. Uh, <laughs> he kind of stumbles back onto his ass, and you hear like the crowd around you laughing a little bit. As uh, Ariato, you make your way into the crowd to intimidate these guys. What do you say to them? So who's betting on my friends dying? Uh, <laughs> Volks, Volks, but it was my idea. It was you. And he's like, no, no, uh, action. Oh, look at the time. We gotta, we gotta go. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> Sounds good to me. That's a whoosh. And uh, those guys start stumbling out of there as fast as they can. And it just smiles for the rest of the crowd. Like, enjoy uh, the show. Ariadu, that gets you one extra excitement. Oh my god. Uh, that really impressed them. Um, you can see that Royari and... Uh, oh my god. You can see that Royari and Bourdain are making their way back behind the stage, which means it is your time to shine. Uh, and oh you, you hear that voice calling out, uh, and it says, Ladies and gentlemen, our next uh, performer, she is a fantastic spectacle to behold indeed. Bringing you visions from the flames of the abyss. We have Ariadne Bati, the Cinder Blight, fortune teller extraordinaire, and a big number tonight. Ariadne, you are making your way to the stage, uh, and as this is happening, Royari, you duck behind. When uh, suddenly you feel a quick hand on your shoulder, and it's mm -hmm. Elysia, and she looks really panicked. Oh. What can I do? How can I help? Uh, I think there's something wrong with Mr. Tickles. Oh, my goodness. Um, what, what's wrong? How can I help? He's being really lethargic. He won't eat, he won't drink. And I don't know, does, do you think there's something wrong? Uh, let's check on him. Um, and Rayari goes to check on Mr. Tickles. Okay. Well, make me either a medicine or nature check. Medicine or nature? Oh god. Mm -hmm. Um. That's a ooh, that's a seventeen. Okay. Uh, Royari, you quickly look over Mr. Tickles and you recognize what it is with a sickening feeling. Mm-hmm. Goblin pox. How did No! How did Mr. Tickles has goblin pox? Huh? Goblin pox? How does he have goblin pox? I don't no. Oh, uh, but that's not dangerous, right? It's just a little bit irritating, but not, he won't be killed by it or anything, right? No, we should... At least I don't think so. We need to treat him, though. Um... Are you any good with medicine? We can maybe treat him a little bit to make him good enough to perform, you know? I am very average at that. Um, one second. And... Very like looks around and sort of like calls out and is like, um, I, is anybody good with medicine? I think one of the flambonis, uh, she comes over. It's uh, the older one. She's like, 
I mean, I've been taking care of my sister all night, so sure, what's up? Um, Mr. Tickles has literally goblin pots. How did- That's not- not- how did- what did you do to get him goblin pot? I don't- I didn't do anything. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let me see. Come here, little snake. And she... Yep! Okay, that is a 16 plus 5, which is the highest of the medicines. <laughs> it's not much, but it's enough to work. Uh, she starts, like, rubbing some uh, ointment into Mr. Tickles, who, like, relaxes. And then she's like, oh, thank goodness. Okay! Cool! Wonderful! Great! Cool. Thank you, Royari. Thank you, Miss Flamboni. Of course. I'll be able to perform. Good. Speaking of performing, Ariato! Yes. Ariato, um. you are in the center stage. What do mm -hmm. you do? Uh, question. Did the clown set up a bonfire for her? They did. They brought out a little uh, bonfire for you uh, because that's your prop and it is now blowing smoke up into the air. What do you do? I think that she circles around and um, looks around at the audience and says in a very joyous voice, I would like a volunteer from the crowd, if that's okay with everyone. Um, I think everyone in the crowd kind of turns to one guy. Uh, he is, um, he's, uh, a kindly looking man. Um. I like the idea of just the entire crowd deciding to, like, bully some random guy. Um, yeah. He's got, like, a blue coat on and a beard. And, uh, he, he looks like he's uh, a wary man, but also, um, he's having fun. And when he sees everyone staring at him and giggling, he kind of like wipes his brow a bit and takes off his like wide-brimmed hat. Uh, kind of looks like a cowboy hat, I guess the best way of putting it is. And he stands up and starts waddling off the stage, like, uh, I suppose I could help. Um, Jay Aber, okay. nice to meet you. How can Pleasure I Pleasure to meet assistant? you as well. Now, if you don't mind, could you take a couple steps closer, please? Uh, if it's safe, yeah. And he kind of thump, thump, thumps closer. Is this okay? Mm-hmm. And now she, I, I think she tiptoes and circles around him, uh, doing like really f uh, flowy gestures like, now let's see what the divines have in store for you. Okay. Um, and as she's doing this, she, in, in her hand, she's actually charging up a divine lance to put into the bonfire. Oh, shit. Okay. Ooh. Um, in that case, uh, because you have a magical trick, uh, while performing this trick, if you expend one spell slot of any level, uh, the trick generates an additional amount of excitement equal to the expended spell slot level. So in this case, it would just be, um, yeah, this would just be, uh, one extra. Yeah. Okay. So, Ariato, uh, what do you do? So, um, I'll need you to make me a religion check for this to work. Religion, let's see. Character. Religion. 21. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Ariato, that's real good. 
Um, I would like also point out now that because you had a successful build-up, um, you get a bonus from... Uh, okay, you get a bonus uh, from uh, Mordain and Royari's uh, performance because it was a success, which means mm. that you have uh, gained... Uh, yeah. You got a bonus to roll. You didn't really need it because... A, a 22? Was that what you got? 21. <laughs> okay. A 21? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's not a critic, but it's very close. Um, how does this look? Um, I think the more that she steps and dances around the man, the stronger the divine lance goes. And then once mm -hmm. she's between both the guy and the bonfire, she launches a divine lance into the bonfire. Mm-hmm. And keeps her hand extended and closes her eyes almost as if she's reading the flames. Ooh, okay. He looks a little nervous because like the like the flames are kind of wisping around in circles. And uh it kind of starts illustrating images from your mind. What kind of images do they make? Um She wants to get the crowd pretty excited. Okay. So I want to say something... I want to say something heroic and grand. Okay. Um... Roy Ari... Sorry. Ariato, as you kind of, like, channel the smoke and, like, these images start coming up, we see, like, a huge tower, and guarding it are these dragon people with spears. And they, like sort of chant and roar, but then, oh, what's this? Uh, adventurers from Aberton, they're coming to save the day! And the crowd's like, love it! Yeah, go Aberton! <laughs> um, as the dragon people are fended off, and uh, you have really riled up the crowd. They really liked that. Okay. Uh, sorry. I should have... I really like that. Um, so you have gained two extra excitement. And you still have, uh, one action Hell left yeah. if you want to do one last to kind of, uh, drive that home, you know? Ooh. Oh, I have something that you could do. Um, okay. Once the, uh... Once the visions are over, she... Take... She, um rolls around and takes a bow to the audience mm -hmm. and then immediately turns on her heels and does like a slice of acid splash to increase the flames. Ooh, okay. Um, all right. Make me a religion check. Nineteen. Okay, yeah, this will be at a this is at a minus five because of performing substance tricks. But because mm. you have that bonus from Royari and uh Mordain, and the DC was lowered by Volio earlier, that means that yes, that's a success. Bring you up to ten excitement. Woo! Um not bad. Okay. Um And I think the crowd just fucking loses their shit. They're like the acid pushes the flames up to swirl into the smoke and we see like mountains with glowing suns above them. We see deep caverns 
with strange, weird creatures. And like, it just kind of shows all sorts of amazing tales and the people are fucking eating it up. Um, so yeah, uh, they give you a fucking huge round of applause, Ariato, for putting on one fucking hell of a performance. And uh, this guy like watches his brow and says, that's, that's incredible. You're, you're real talented, you know? Uh, thank you, and thank you for helping. Uh, well, uh, thank you for telling the fortune of my little town. And then it dawns on you who this man might actually be. Oh, that's the mayor, Ariato. Oh my, oh my god. <laughs> Ariato, <laughs> her eyes widen, she says, Well, thank you. And she just plays it off like she's just happily just going about. She's just prancing around the fire. She's going around. She's making a huge fucking show of it. And then she goes backstage and goes, that was the mayor. Yeah, you see them all. Everyone's giving you thumbs up because they knew that. Arado goes like slightly pale. She's like, <laughs> "Whoa, <laughs> you did very good. Thank you. That was a lot to. Mm, I didn't think I, I. I just thought that that was some old dude. Well, it is if you want to look at it that way. That's fair. Um, I think it's at that point that as you're stepping into the back, Arado, Volio, and Rare, you hear something. Oh, yes. Oh. oh boy. Mr. Tickles? Mr. Tickles, is that you? Crawling out from underneath uh, the stages, you see there's fucking snakes. Ah! Oh. Are you friends of Mr. Tickles? Babies? Um, three vipers appear to be crawling out from one of the stands. And they're- Nope, he's a babies. <laughs> They are slowly making their way towards the audience. Uh, what the fuck do you guys do? Odd body help. Odd body's like. Okay, sorry. Uh, would you guys like to quickly roll initiative and try to deal with these snakes? Yes. Sure. Okay, so everyone, roll me initiative. In Pathfinder 2e, uh, there is no initiative score. You will be using a skill which best describes the situation. In this case, it's perception because you can see these guys and you're like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Folio doesn't see shit. <laughs> he rolled a seven. I rolled a 22. Okay. And I got a 21. And Volio? A seven. You know, pretty good. I don't know about that. Isn't it just? Okay. Um, the clowns are going on in their uh, between act show. Uh, so you have a little bit of time to burn, but there are snakes. Oh dear. Uh, and the snakes. Uh, that is an eight plus five. That is a 13 to initiative. Thank God. Okay, so, uh, Royari, it is your turn first. Uh, you see these snakes, and they are crawling towards the stands. Um, you know that you could tech. You don't necessarily need to kill these things. You just need to get them the fuck out of here. 
This is not where they're supposed to be. You don't know how. You don't know what they're doing here. Um, <laughs> were you about to say we don't have snakes? Start, you do have some snakes. Just, just to do some, some acrobatics okay. to collect the snakes. Um, okay. Yeah, Royari's. Uh, the are are these like? Do these look like they're from like our circle? Uh, if you would like to roll a perception check and figure out, you can. Um, Rayari's going to ask somebody else does and take action, um, because that's Rayari. Um, where are they headed? Where are they? I don't actually know. They're headed towards the stands. They're over here, uh, towards the rightmost stand. <laughs> okay, um, Rayari's going to... You can roll perception to try to figure out if they're from here, if you like. Uh, yes, because there's... I literally don't know what to do. Um... Oh, that's a 12. No, I think that's enough. Like, you okay. are fully aware, Royari, that, hey, uh... Elysia only has, like... She doesn't have venomous snakes, and these are vipers. They're definitely venomous. Oh, boy. Um... They also don't seem to be, like, malicious or anything, but they are very scared and angry at everyone that's around them. Uh, the crowd is seeing them by now, and you hear a few shrieks, and they're like, Ah! Snakes! Uh, Rari's going to, um, try and make sure that the crowd doesn't get too scared by trying to make it look like it's still a performance. Um, and, um, I, I, like, you, you, we just need to get these guys out of that area, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can make a diplomacy check to try and make them, uh, make, a, make way for the snakes. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, hmm? Well, make me a diplomacy check. Okay. Why am I rolling so badly today? I've rolled badly a lot. Okay. Uh, Royari, you're like, oh, what do you say to the crowd? Uh, Royari's like, uh -huh, make way, make way. Um. Uh, and what you hear in reply is, ah! <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Um. Then... You can try again, or you could have someone else try again if you like. Rari's gonna keep. Rari's gonna try it like one more time. Okay. Well, it's a fifteen. Okay, so uh, Rari, tell me how this how this looks. Okay, um, Rari comes out as the um, like there are people screaming and is like, "Make way, make way! Those are our dear friends." Um. Uh, and. Okay. You hear them being like, Oh wait, it's by the circus, there's snakes with the circus! And you see one of them like, ah, It slithered over my foot! Whoa! Um, but oh, they God. do start making a way. Royari, would you like to usher these snakes out? Mm-hmm. Okay. Royari, you quickly usher the snakes out of the way, and they do disappear out of the uh, tent into the wild. And the crowd cheers for you! They take its power of the axe! Oh, Rari takes a bow and winks at the hottest person in the audience and walks back in. <laughs> walks backstage and goes, Oh my god. What the fuck? Are you okay? Have you secured the snakes? Um, Rari looks over. Um, and is like, I'm fine. That was just terrifying because those were wild snakes. As far as I know, well, you did a good job. Thank you. 
Um, I think it's at this point that uh, one of them, uh, one of the cannibalis approaches you and he's like, it's um, Delby, the mother, and she's like, I I don't mean to um, bother you. Mm-hmm. I know that we're about mm-hmm. to go up, but I don't think we can perform. What's wrong? What? Is everything Excuse okay? Me? Our nets have been sabotaged. Net? A lot of bad things are happening to... tonight. Can I see the nets? I was trying to yes, undermine sure. us so fucking hard. I'm going to kill them. I know. Uh, I know. Over here. I will join you. Um, and like the kid, you see the kids. Um, Odvi, who is about um, twelve, and then Zondi, who's even younger. Mm. Uh, and they've both got <sighs> nets with, ho- with holes in them. And they're like, Ugh. sabotage. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you guys like to roll perception to figure out what that's about? Yes. Yes. Very much so. Okay. 21 just my lucky number this, <laughs> this <laughs> campaign. Okay. Um. Ariato, you very quickly notice that these holes are rat holes, like rat's jutrum. It's not sabotage. Who let? Who has rats? Does anyone have rats? Because th- these are there are rats everywhere. Well, Elizabeth, these are... like looks up. This... I have like some rats, but they're are feeding Mr. Tickles. Um, did any of them get out? Because no, there's... they're dead. No, right? <sighs> yes. Okay. Well, uh, they're extra rats, and they they chew through the hole. You can see that they're like like. You see Odvi kind of like wipe her brows. Oh, thank God! I was kind of worried for a second there. Um, I think. Th- Is there any way we can repair them? Uh, Am I good at sewing? I have like looks at them and says, "Not in time, no." We're like we're due. We're supposed to go out on the stage right now. We we don't have time. We have to basically perform without them, and I don't know if we can do that. Not after. Dusk lights, not after all the accidents. It's okay. It's okay. Um, Relax. Uh, we can work with this. Um. Oh boy. Um. Oh god. What can we do? You can, you can either make a uh, diplomacy check to convince them to try anyway. Um. Or you can try get one of the other acts who can perform. Yeah. Well, the thing is. I don't want to put them through no net performances if, yeah. if they were went through that with dust light. This is supposed to be mm-hmm. Everything a place be- where, yeah, this is not. Mm. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to put them through the exact thing that they left the circus to, that circus to, um, the void. Um, yeah. So Rari's like, let's let's see if we can either find more nets or if we can find somebody else that can perform. Okay, um, give me one moment. And Rari starts um, panicking. Um, I'm kidding. They're looking for uh, other people who could perform. The dwarven shooters. The dwarven throwers. Yeah, were those? Would you like to go dwarf? persuade the dwarven throwers to go do their thing? Yes. And if they don't do it, we have another backup. Mm-hmm. That's on Boney's sister. Okay, Volio, yes. you yarks over to them. What do you do? Uh, I, I slink my way over and I'm like, how how you guys feeling right now? The dwarves, Answer quickly. 
the dwarves and all like <laughs> exchange a look and then kind of make an eh, so-so gesture. Uh, well, if I honk my horn for you, will you go um, and perform and feel better? Because we have a very much uh, emergency on our hands. Uh, they kind of like blink at you uh, and they kind of look over. And I need you to make a diplomacy check. Okay. 14. A 14, they kind of look at each other and they wince before one of them like stands up and push, like hits his chest. And the other tree also stand up and hit their chests, and they give you all thumbs up. Ah, thank you so much. Uh, I knew I could count on you. They give you a thumbs up again, and they start waddling towards the front. You can hear the clowns are about to finish. Um, and you, uh, yeah, okay, this is, we're about to go into the grand finale. Uh, and you hear, mm -hmm. um, the professor, and it says, now, now, ladies and ladies gentlemen, gentlemen, and everything, everything in, between, in between, I'd like to I'd like bring to us bring the us final... Together. And, like, he looks in, and he sees uh, the Dwarven Chorus standing there instead of uh, the cannibalities. The final the tree performances, performances of the night. Of the night. We, have we have the Dwarven, dwarven Chorus! And there's a round of applause for them as uh, they kind of make their way out. Um, See, these tumblers, tumblers shape themselves into a living ballista and launch themselves through the air! Uh, and then Elysia kind of comes out with Mr. Tickles, who's looking a little better. And we have Elysia and Mr. Tickles. See her handling deadly vipers of many kinds with a 16-foot-long anaconda. And she comes out as well. She's looking very pleased. And finally, and lastly but not least, Axel's amazing aviary. Watch him produce birds from beneath his cloak. They fly, they sing, they deliver sweets to children in the audience. Axel does not come out. Folio's looking for him. Axel is standing there in front of the curtain and he is just frozen still. Axel. That's wrong, Axel. Remember, breathing exercises. Breathe in and out. You have to go out, Axel. I can't. Uh, I've Axel, never this is your moment. Rari. They're not gonna like my pigeons. My pigeons they're not gonna... Rari comes over and um, they start. They start massaging. They start massaging. They start massaging. I got like a quarter of that. They start massaging. They start massaging his shoulders and they're like, "You're going to be just fine." Oh. Um, Oh, he kind of looks at you and like glances you up and down, and you are a very pretty person, and he has probably never felt another human person touch him. Oh my god! Oh, that is sad. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Um, make me a diplomacy check, Royari. Of course. Oh my god. Oh, that's a 16. Uh, you're, you're really sure they're not gonna laugh at me? Oh, I am 100% sure. Not just saying that. I am not just saying that. I love your oh, bird. Really good at you do? I love your bird. I love them. Oh, your birds oh, are very I, nice. I could show you the birds, uh, you know, later if you wanted as well. Of, uh, of they... course. You know, oh, you first you need to get out there and perform. Would you like oh. a little boost of confidence if you need? Sure. She casts guidance on him. Oh, that's oh. sweet. That's really oh. sweet. Uh -huh. um, 
So the way this works is for a second, there's like a demonic screaming behind his eyes and his like they glaze over and he, you know, he just hears like these like rumbling laughter sounds from the abyss. And then like he blinks it. Wow, that actually did make me feel more confident. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Then I'll get out there. Okay, uh, I'll do my best. Um, and they do go out there. Um, so to start off, we're going to start with the Dwarven Trowers. Um, these guys, so basically the way this works is these guys need to get six anticipation by the end of this act or you fail the, uh, you fail, you fail the event. Mm -hmm. So let's hope that, uh, these three can all get a total of six anticipation between them. The Dwarven Trowers go first and they start stacking up on top of each other. Uh, then the first one is launched into the air. And that's gonna be a 27. That is a crit, baby. Holy oh, shit. Oh my uh, god. I salute these dwarf men. Fucking yarts through the air. Like a fucking cannonball of beard and love, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Brotherly love. Oh my god. Um, I will say, actually, uh, that because you got a successful big number, you got an additional amount of excitement equal to the trick level. So that means that uh, you did get a 12 excitement, you got an extra bit of excitement earlier. And now with these guys, that's now raised, you got 13 excitement. And the anticipation does raise as well, because people are so amazed by this. But they're going to send in the second dwarf now. And that's going to be a 13 plus 5. That's another success. 14 excitement, and they're gonna go for the last one. A flat 15! There we go, we're at a 15. The Dwarven Trowers perform surprisingly fantastically as they launch through the air back and forth. Stumbling is like they each like, it's kind of like they're tr You ever watch the live action Michael Bay Transformers where it's like- Unfortunately. Unfortunately, unfortunately yeah. But you know like, <laughs> when they're like rolling and transforming? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's that kind of shit. As soon as they land, they're already uh, forming the next uh, ballista. It's very impressive. Oh, shit. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and I think uh, then we, we're going to have uh, Elysia. And as she's getting ready, though, something is going to happen. <gasps> Would anyone like to roll perception? Sure. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll try at least. Fuck me. Okay. Another? You've been getting so many 21s, KK! I don't know Fuck. what it is. This number is haunting me. I mean, it's okay. good, but wow. How many 21s am I gonna get? Davey? Uh, oh, this is for perception, right? Mm-hmm. Perceiving. 23! Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, Royari and Ariatu, you see it just before it starts to get violent. Uh oh. Um, in the front of the crowd, there are two drunks, and they are kind of like. It's a, they seem to be a married couple. Uh oh. Oh, oh boy, uh -oh. domestic problems. No, they are causing domestic problems for everyone around them as they <laughs> drink loudly and just swear and spittle, and you see. Uh, the woman is ready to punch someone in the face. And you uh, have rolled initiative to get in there and stop that from before it happens. Oh boy! Mm. Riari, you're the good- you're- 
you know how to deflate situations. You do that all the time with me and Volio. Oh boy. <laughs> Against other things. <laughs> um, Rayari is going to. You never fight. <laughs> um, is it okay if like can they go all the way over? Uh, you're going to need like this is going to be basically initiative rolls. Okay, okay. Uh, so we are entering combat. Okay. So they got a 15 to initiative. Okay. Uh, don't kill these people. It would be bad for business if you killed them in front of a crowd. Rayari is the least yeah. likely to want to murder people here. What? <laughs> and Volio's the going one. first. <laughs> okay. So first things first. Rayari, it is your turn. Um, you can see Elysia is in the middle of her performance, but these guys are going to start causing trouble. What do you do? Um, Rayari wants to physically go over there and stop them from fighting. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that if you gain some panache, your move speed will be boosted to 30. Um, oh boy. Uh, we'll do that. Um... To do that, you would need to, because you are a wit swashbuckler, an easy way to gain panache is to be witty and catch someone in a wordplay duel in the middle of an actual duel. So what you could do is use the Bon Mo skill. Bon Mo lets you roll diplomacy against someone, and if you pass a high enough BC, you will gain panache from it. As well as that, you will also catch them off guard because they're like, wait, huh, what, huh? Um, meaning that they will have to either have a penalty to will saves and their perception checks, or waste an action on their turn shouting something back to you. Okay. Um. Oh, jeez. Like, against them? Um, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Rayari sort of, uh, looks over at the, at that, at the couple, um, and... You know, the show would be more interesting if you put the drink down, dears. Um, okay. Make me a diplomacy check. Uh, I rolled a 20. Okay. Uh, a 20 against these guys is a pass. Yeah, okay. Royari, you gain a, a, a point of panache. And these guys, uh, are you going for the guy or the girl with this? Um, the girl, because she looks like she's going to punch somebody. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, Royari, uh, you have uh, kind of caught her by off guard, and you now have panache. Your move speed is increased, and you'll do extra damage on attacks, and you can expend all your panache in a finishing blow called a finisher. Mm-hmm. I, I don't plan on, on killing anybody, though. No. no, but you can certainly whip them into obedience. Oh, my God. Okay. All oh, right. Phrasing. Okay. Oh, come on. Boo. <laughs> you guys are perverts. <laughs> okay, Royari, you have two actions left. What do you do? Um, Royari is going to actually move over there. Um, okay, you have a you have thirty foot move speed nine instead of twenty five. Uh, Royari is going to run over to the uh, the couple. Um, but I don't like it's uh it looks fancy. He does like a flip. He does a flip because he doesn't want people to think that there's not a show happening. Um, so Rayari does <laughs> everything to make it look like this is part of it. <laughs> Rayari, you run extremely fast. You duck low and, like, do a tumble 
uh, swinging past the dwarven shores and jumping over one of them as you make your way over with so much style it hurts. You are uh, traverse this huge arena extremely quickly and are standing inches from them, practically glowing in panache. This isn't a physical effect, it's just you look that good. Rari's just hot. Uh, do you have anything to, tell to say to them as you stand in front of them? I'm going to have to ask you to stop drinking or leave. Okay. Ariato, it is your turn. You see Royari fucking prance over there like a majestic stag. What do you do? Uh, stare in awe. And then... I <laughs> uh, wonder... I wonder if I can do that. Uh, she is going to... Oh, man, she doesn't want to aim her slingshot at the beers. That's kind of rude. It would definitely get a laugh out of the crowd. That's true. Um, uh, yeah, she's going to move twice, so two actions to move over okay. this way. Okay. And then um, she has her slingshot in her hand and says, you know, it's a little rude when people are trying to watch and you guys are really loud. And she aims her slingshot and takes the beer cup out of the man's hand. Okay, so make me an attack roll. 19. Uh, a 19 is a hit against this dude. Yeah, nice one. I'm um, hitting the beer. <laughs> The beer explodes in his hand, and he is suddenly drenched, and he's like, What were you doing? It was my drink! I think you've had enough, actually. <laughs> okay, well, it's his turn, and he's going to run up to you, uh, Ariato, and he's going to try deck you for that. Oh, you can certainly try, bitch. Try me, bitch. Try me. Um, <laughs> Hit me. So he enters a dr He runs up to you at one action, and enters a drunken rage with his other action. Um, so he's going to try deck you in the face. Uh, that is a 12 plus 8. That is a 20. Jesus Christ, man. Is that a hit? Uh, yeah, it was an eight, eight, what, 18? 20? 20. 20. It was a 20? Yeah, that hits. Okay. Um, and that is... 6 damage, Ariato, as he decks you in the face. Ow! <laughs> Um, and that is his turn. Uh, it's how the woman is going to spend uh, one action. She's going to be like, but, well, I, it's a free country. I can do what I want. Uh, here we go with this. <laughs> so she spends one action drunkly refusing you, Royari. It's not Yeah, and I'm sure you don't want to wear a mask during a pandemic either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Karen at the circus. Yeah, Karen at the circus. Uh, she rushes over to you, and she's also going to... She's actually going to hit you with her beer, uh, Royari. Oh my goodness. That is an 8 plus 6 as a 14. No. Ooh, <laughs> dodging it! I think Royari catches uh, it in his hand. Oh, and would you say anything? Um, I, uh, he, like, grabs it in his hand, and it's like... I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Volio, uh, it is your turn. Um, you kind of like watch this as it's all going down, um, and you hear, uh, you feel um, Oddbody crawl up your shoulder, and in your ear he goes. Uh huh. Yes. 
What do you do, Volio? So, uh, Volio is so... He's unfortunately behind stage, kind of far. So it takes him uh, almost all of his actions to um, to run up to the curtains. Uh, and he kind of pokes his head out. Uh, and since he can't get that close, he says something instead. And what he says is, hey, presto! Um, and from that, he kind of like waves his arm. Uh, waves his arms around and like this little sign made out of magic appears above his head and it says, hey, don't be a fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's a, that is a, um, you're casting prestidigitation to do that, right? Yes. Magic Barbarian. Um, I will let you make an intimidation check with that. <laughs> okay. Demoralize. Uh, third, ooh, 18 plus five. Oh, that's, shit. um, 23. 23? Uh, yeah. The fucking guy who uh, decked Ariato looks up and he kind of slurs and squints his eyes and he, Whoa. Uh, so he's actually been demoralized. Um, which means that he is frightened. So he's gonna Good. have... Uh, he's gonna have a, a penalty to several rolls because... Yeah. Look at this guy. Look at this dude. <laughs> Uh, okay, Royari, it is your turn. You have uh, an ash, so you are going to be hitting extra hard. There is the woman in your face who uh, you taunted last time, uh, and there's also the one who just punched uh, Ariat. What do you do? Uh, Royari is going to use an ash, I think, to um, not just to, not, not avenge um, Ariato, but, um, keep that man from being able to hurt her darling, okay. her darling girl. Um, and they're going to, they're gonna attack. Okay. Um, I think they're specifically going to try and, you know, you, you know the imagery of somebody, of, like, the whip, like, um, pulling them away like that. Okay, Sure. <laughs> Uh, make me your attack roll. 25. Uh... Crit? Yeah, that's a crit! <laughs> um, in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, I should have said earlier, if you get 10 above someone's AC, uh, that is a critical hit. Uh, meanwhile, getting 10 below is a critical fail. And also, we have critical cards now! So random Woo! effects happen when you do something. So, you do 14 damage first off to this dude. Yay! Uh, but second off, uh... Your damage is boosted because you have Panache, I will point out. Uh-huh. Um, and because as a slashing attack... Oh, well, isn't that dramatic? He's tangled. <laughs> uh, so, so yes, uh, you tangle him and you grappled him um, as a free action. So, Royari, your whip spins around this dude and he's like... Wah! As suddenly he is just... Tangled up in your fucking whip, like a cartoon. Um, and he kind of like looks at you. He's confused as all hell. He's also very badly hurt, and the crowd is cheering not just for the uh, performers now, as Elysia does her thing, but also you because this is cool as hell. Um, Rary um hugs him back. It's like maybe don't hit people. Uh, you have uh, you still have two actions, Rory. Um. Rayari is going to... You could do a finisher on him. Oh my god. 
Uh, okay. Uh, how does non-lethal finisher? <laughs> yes, finishers can be non-lethal. It's just oh. it's just a last cool thing. Yes. Kind of thing. Don't worry, they're not. I'm not gonna kill people. So a finisher is essentially, you know, your final move, which it's never going to necessarily be the final one. It's just a very powerful move which dispels your panache, so you have to get it again. Um, so would you like to use your finisher on him? Uh, yeah. Okay, go for it. Make me that attack. Uh, okay, so that's... Is it a minus five? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, I rolled an 11. Okay, no, because he is grappled, that is enough to hit. And uh, roll your finisher damage. Um, that's just this, right? Your regular attack plus 2d6. You get 2d6 extra damage. Oh, shit. Okay, so that's... That's 10 damage. Royari, as you tangle him, you quickly crack your whip, and it travels up the whip and unfurls him, but spins him right onto the floor, and he, like, lands on the floor in an unconscious heap. And you hear him start snoring. (laughs) And he's out, and you hear uh, the girl being like, A battery! It's a battery! It's not fair! We have paid you to... Girl, you're about to start a fight. Alright, you have one action left. Well, um, Rayari is going to not attack, um, but they are going to, um, try and calm the lady down. Um, Rayari's like, here, this would be so much easier if you just left. Left or calm down, please. Roll me a diplomacy check. Um, that is a 12. Okay, a 12 isn't going to do it. She's like, no! Alright, okay. Very <laughs> uh, Ariado, it is your turn. Ow. The guy's on the floor unconscious now, but his wife's being an asshole. What do you do? Uh, first, she's going to cast Bane. Okay. Um, use your second spell slot today, uh, Ariado, as you quickly start spreading this noxious aura around you. It's very upsetting. And this attacks enemies. At this point, she is an enemy. And mm-hmm. then she is going to intimidate the fuck out of her. Okay, make me intimidate check. Not using a 20. And... Ah. Uh, that is a 22. Okay, a 22? Yeah. Um, she stumbles back a bit. What do you say to her? Moriari's got the... Royari's got the idea. If you don't shut up and sit down or leave the fucking tent, then you're going to be like this. And she points down at her husband. The crowd is going wild. She's not quitting, but she's holding up her fists real like shaky. Um, She's going to try stumble over to you uh, and she's going to try punch you as well. She has a minus one. Oh, yeah, she super does, huh? That's, mm-hmm. uh... <laughs> that's an 11. No. <laughs> and she's gonna try again. Oh my god, that is a... That's an 8. No. <laughs> okay, that's her turn. Hey, Volio! Yes? She's close enough. Close enough to get clubbed! Oh, yep. Alright. 
Uh, Foley's gonna make his way over. Okay. And he's gonna fucking whack. Do you want to rage? Yes. Okay. Volio, as you start running over, suddenly, you enter silly mode. Uh, he starts honking. Uh, and, like, with each step, there's, like, a squeak. Um, you know that picture of, um, of the cat in the hat with a bat? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's Volio. Oh, my God. What you see on Volio's face is not anger. It is not fury. It is not rage. It is unfiltered total joy. And that's oh so much more terrifying. Oh, my Volio, God. Make an attack roll. All right. That is a 16 plus 4, a 20. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a hit. Well, you smash into her as doves fly over your head from uh, from Axel. Your All damage right. will be two higher. You've also got one temporary hit point, and your AC is one lower. And you smash into him with your juggling club. So how much damage do you do? Seven. Okay. Seven damage as you clunk her into her in the face. And uh, as, she do- as she does, it makes like a cartoon sound effect. I said, oh, what the... Huh? Huh? <laughs> 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 Sit down! <laughs> um, okay, Royari, it is your turn. As they say, nut up or shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Royari, it is your turn. Uh, you hear the crowd cheering uh, for both you and the performers. Axel is twirling around with these doves above him. Uh, multiple smaller snakes, uh, which um, Elysia trains are kind of swirling in circles around her feet. And of course, the dwarven throwers are cannonballing back and forth. Um, you have three actions. You aren't in panache, but you can enter panache if you'd like. Um, by rolling diplomacy. All right. Uh, Rayari is going to, yet again, um, try and talk, talk her out of it. Um, okay. Rayari is going to, uh, Rayari's like, you know, we could all just be friends if you relaxed. I promise I won't. I, I promise that I won't do what I did to him if you stop. But only if you stop. Yeah, act! Fine. Um, okay, roll me a diplomacy check. Okay. That is a 21. That'll do it. Uh, she's clearly pissed off by your words. Alright, and then Rayari is going to... Oh wait, I need to move. Um, Rayari moves just a little bit closer. Um, and is going to use their finisher. Because mm-hmm. this lady's fucking wilding out. Okay, make me that attack roll. I rolled a 26. Uh... So, give me a C! C! Give me an R! R! Give me an I! I! Give me a T! T! What's that spell? Crit! Crit! Royari? Roll me an extra 2d6. Um, alright. This will be stacked on top of the double damage, which is 18. It's 5. Royari, how do you do this? Um, I think Rayari gets frustrated with this lady who he's, who he has genuinely been trying to talk down from, from doing this. Because Rayari doesn't want to 
do this. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to be to have this happen in the middle of a performance to be singled out um, by the performers. Unfortunately, um, they're left with no choice, and they um, they do they do uh, what they just did to the guy, <laughs> to the lady, like like she promised. Um, and they sort of like wrap her, uh, uh, like with a whip and like just, um, knock her out like that. You fucking slam her into the floor by catching her by the ankles. And as she goes, the crowd applauds you. Uh, and you guys feel compelled to take a bow. Uh, Rari does, right? Rari takes bows when it's inappropriate to do so sometimes, so. <laughs> Uh, Volio, Ariato, how do you guys react to this? Are you gonna bow as well? Uh, uh yeah. yes, but in a very silly way. Very, uh, not really. Uh, Volio falls. <laughs> yeah, Volio falls on his face as he bows. Okay. Um, Ariato, your, uh, Bane spell flickers out. You were able to actually stop them from hurting any of you pretty well with that, so nice work. Mm. That's why I Yay! took the spell. Haha! <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so meanwhile in the background we see Axel and Elysia performing their hearts out. Elysia with her snake, she uh, is able to kind of like spook the crowd with it. And in 8 plus 17, uh, sorry, when 8 plus 7, uh, that is actually enough to get you one more and uh, excitement. Which is good, you're getting very close to your total anticipation which is 6, uh, which is 18. If you get exactly 18 excitement, which is very difficult to do, you will get a critical success. <gasps> She's gonna try again. Oh my god. Uh, that is an 18 plus two uh, from, uh, she uses her nature skills to kind of calm Mr. Tickles down. No, 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 Tickles, nose eating people. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that is a 20, which is a pass. It's at 17 now. Uh, and I think she pauses before doing anything else, and she instead just opts to take a bow. She's going to try to let Axel get that final bit of excitement and succeed in the performance. If he fucks up, I'm killing him. Axel just needs to get one excitement, one success out of his three rolls. <coughs> I'm shaking, physically. He does have guidance. And you know what, KK? Oh my god. Hey, that guidance, KK? Uh-huh. Those birds swirl over his head, and he guides them with his hand, and it's almost like he's a new man. Oh my god. Ooh. And it's beautiful. He realizes that the crowd is just perfect, and with that, he just starts taking bows a little prematurely, but it's fine, because you know what? Between your fighting, between everything, you guys got the perfect show. Fuck oh, yes! Snake's back. <laughs> it's Mr. Tickles. He's happy. It's Mr. Tickles is very happy. Um, man, we should kill our ringmaster no! more often. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the crowd goes absolutely nuts for you all as uh, the performers all kind of come out now one by one, uh, taking a bow alongside you. And you've done it. You've successfully had a critical show. Uh, 
just to give you some insight, what that means is that um, the amount of money that the circus has earned, as well as the amount of money that you guys have earned, is equal to your uh, level, one, which is one, plus your final anticipation, which is 18, that's 19, uh, times two. Oh my god. 38. You've just earned your circus 38 gold, which is really damn good, considering the average is 15 gold at level one. Oh my god! Oh my god! We just so hard. Oh my god! By the way, I, this is really fun. That is an ex- this is an extremely fun mechanic um, that they made for yeah. this. I have I enjoyed myself a lot just with this. <laughs> Thank you, Paisa. Um, and so everyone takes a bow, and certainly you have put on an amazing first show for the Circus of Wayward Wonders. But you have to ask. What happened to Myron? What's up with those snakes yeah. in the stands? Who could have done this? Who threw through the nets? I have lots of Who questions. Who let the rats out? And while you- Who let the rats out? You are all- I'm sure someone you bow, went off the show. You are all filled with questions. Some of them are hopeful ones, like what lies for us in the future. Butters involve the fate of the circus itself now that Thunder is dead. But no matter. Because right now, you're basking in your success. And fellas, the show has only really just begun. This episode of Dice Roll would not have been possible without our Patreon supporters. Steph, Emmeline, Cone Without Name, Dan Sanchez, Sean C, Fan Daniel, SS66Seeker, Skyly Peep, Natasha Lumley, Rhiannon C, Elizabeth, Danny, Jenna Mitchell, James R, Kane Kendrick, Don Bewley, Sky Evangeline, Mel Eeyore, Emmeline Moderna, Tesla Et, Triceratops, Grey Kitsune, Anna Maria, Felicia, Roxy, Sonia, Jordan, Cynical Spinstress, Casey Corn, John the Book Hoarder, Leon, Tyler, Valerie, and Sarah. Thank you all so much for supporting us. We really appreciate you so much. If you love our content, check out our Patreon and see what kind of stuff you can get for supporting us. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.